This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Susan Raymer and Renee Tobin from the High Altitude Garden Club. Susan is the secretary. Renee is the treasurer. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Now, as we get started, Susan, how did you first get interested in gardening, and where was it? Oh, um, I was living in Denver, and I had a small garden, little vegetable garden, and we moved up here in 2001, and I just mostly wanted to grow lettuce and tomatoes and things like that, and I think pretty quickly after we arrived here, I found out about the Garden Club, and I joined. And one of the founding members said, called me up and said, you would be the perfect membership secretary for this Garden Club, and it's a really easy job. And so I said, okay. <laughs> so I've had different positions within the Garden Club, mostly secretary. I, I enjoy gardening. Renee, how about you? How far does your gardening go back? Not very far, actually. I started gardening mostly when I arrived here about 15 years ago. As a busy suburban mom, we didn't have a lot of time for gardening, uh, particularly with a career in finance. So although I was interested in gardening, particularly in plants that would appeal to animals and birds, I didn't have time to enjoy it till I came here. <laughs> As someone who spent a lot of time in Houston down in the subtropical. Everything grows. It grows fast. The growing season is long. There are huge challenges up here, so we're going to explore that a little bit. Catch us up on the club history. Well, it was before I arrived here, and we found in the documentation May 10th, 1996, it was formed by seven or eight local women. Tell us a bit about the club. Does it meet on a monthly basis? How many members? Uh, Those kinds of things. Well, we have about 50 members currently, and we meet monthly, although our members do work on local gardens that we have in the towns and in well, on public land as well as on private land. So, for instance, a valley of uh, assisted living has a garden club, maintained garden. So the teams that work on each garden will meet more often than that if necessary. Also, some teams will get together to plan. For instance, we plant the barrels and the planters in town, and that takes a great deal of design work. Then, of course, we have to get the seeds and give it to the greenhouses to grow the product. So although we have monthly meetings, a lot of work can be done in subcommittees. And if folks are interested in finding out more about the Garden Club, what's the best way to get in touch? Well, we have two ways. One, come to a meeting. Our meetings are usually open to the public, and they're very informative. We also have a website. So it's www.highaltitudegc.com. And there's a wealth of information on there about the club, about what grows and what doesn't grow well in the valley as experienced by club members, and various other information. Susan, when are the meetings, and what's the location? We meet monthly at the St. Luke's Episcopal Church, which is on 3rd and Rosita, at 12.30 for kind of a meet and greet sort of thing. The business meeting usually starts at 1, 
and goes till approximately 3 o'clock. We do have a program before or after the business meeting, depending on the schedule of the presenter. We try to present different topics of interest to anyone and everyone. The meetings are open to the public. Anyone can come, and usually there's an article in the paper the week before stating what what the program will be. For instance, um, in January, our meeting will be, one of our members will be speaking about orchids. In February, I think, we have scheduled Chris Rowland will come to talk about his hydroponics garden. It's the third Thursday of each month, except for possibly May, when we do plant the barrels and the planters. And you mentioned Chris Rowland. He's been on this program recently. So don't miss that one. His talk on hydroponics would be quite interesting. And Renee, any samples from things in the past? Yes. As a matter of fact, we've had a lot of different programs in various different areas. Fashionable flowers. Pepper Stafford of Salty Pine came and talked to us about how to arrange flowers in an agreeable fashion. We've had a program on native trees how to plant native trees, how to care for them, what kind of microclimate might be suitable for different kinds of trees. Gardening with native plants. Several of our uh, members are native plant masters or master gardeners, and they share a lot of their information and their knowledge with us, not to mention their experience. We often have an open forum on the successes and failures people have experienced in their gardens. So anything from how to get rid of those dastardly little critters known as pocket gophers, uh, deer, etc., to what to do about aphids in your greenhouse. Sometimes we have arts and crafts kinds of uh, programs, so how to weave baskets with willows, how to make hypertufa pots. Sometimes we meet very early and we go on a trip. For instance, we've been to a trip to the lavender farm uh, down uh, 69 toward north on 69. So we often try to have one or two trips each year to areas that might be of interest to the membership. Okay. Let me ask a bit about the barrels that you've mentioned. How many barrels would you guess there are? There are about 40 barrels that we plant every year. that's a lot. And that's in addition to the four planters, which are those larger concrete things that at the moment have our animals in them. One of our uh, ex-members is an artist, and she crafted those to put in the planters in the wintertime. So the 40 barrels or so, did you have to get the okay from the, the county or the towns? How did that work? Well, it started before I joined the club, so I can't really speak to the entire history of it. However, we originally did the barrels, which are, there are 40 of them, as a fundraiser for the club. And we went to the merchants in front of whose establishments we were going to put the barrels and talk to them about, you know, paying a certain amount for us to do the work and to provide the plants, and that would help finance the activities of the club. The large planters are, there's one, all four in the town of Westcliff, I believe, and the town and the club discussed the appropriate placement of the planters, so they would be in a place that did interfere with parking, because as you know, in the summertime, parking is always at a premium, but that would still provide beauty and uh, enjoyment to the visitors and the town people alike. Okay. Let's say that I'm brand new in town. What are some of the rules of thumb for gardening at altitude in a short growing season that you might suggest? Well, first of all, what do you want to grow? 
there's a big difference between trying to grow a vegetable garden or a perennial herbaceous garden. A lot of things grow very easily. Herbs grow very easily. Greens, spinach, arugula, that kind of thing grows quite easily. Other things, since our growing season is about 59 days, if you want to grow crops which have a longer growing season, of which most do require more, then you might want to start them indoors or in a greenhouse or in a hoop house or in some sort of protection. Many people try to grow tomatoes. I tried it one year. I gave up. I thought, well, there are a lot of people who grow tomatoes much better than I do, so I'm sticking to (laughs) perennials. We have a picture frame in our house, and there's a picture of Kathy that shows up with her $40 tomato that she grew (laughs) one time. So uh, I, I get that. What are the key issues? Is it altitude? Is it wind? Is it cold? Dryness? Is it voles? Is it deer? Yes. All of the above. All of the above. Different areas in the valley have very different growing, what we call microclimates. So for instance, my house is in a very dry spot. My soil is mostly sand. Our well is a low yield well, and we don't get a lot of precipitation. Whereas a friend of mine across the way in the west side of the valley gets about twice the precipitation I get. Even though she's at a higher altitude, she can grow much much more in the way of perennials. And she can grow roses. I look at the idea of growing roses and think, oh, much too much. I can't do that. But it really depends upon where you are and what you want to grow. You can protect uh, from wind. You can put up a some sort of a shelter if you want. You can grow larger plants, shrubs or something that will protect smaller plants in order to shield from wind. If you're in an area where there are deer, and I don't know of any area in the valley where there are no deer, you probably want to look at some fencing if you're going to grow vegetables. Can you give a few examples of things that grow well, and then a few things that, oh, steer clear of those. As Renee said, there are so many different microclimates here. What what I can grow, she probably can't, and vice versa. I do have a rose. Harrison's yellow traditional rose that is trying to become a hedge in front of my kitchen. There was a former member who was growing peonies down in Cuerna Verde, and as Renee said, we have several friends over on the west side, and they have lush, lush gardens. I live in Rosita, and it's very dry, and we have a lot of deer that prey on just about everything. A lot of people have pack rats, pocket gophers, moles, chipmunks. chipmunks. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a number of native plants which grow beautifully, depending upon which area you're in, but I would say probably any area. For instance, there's a shrub called Apache plume, which is one of my favorites. There are a lot of shrubs that provide um, currants or other berries in the fall that grow wild and that the birds and small, small animals profit from. Grasses. Grasses grow wonderfully. There are a variety of native ornamental grasses that you can grow. The problem with grasses where I am, of course, is that pocket gophers love them as well. Uh, But there are a number of natives, what we call native plants, that I would encourage anyone who's starting a garden in our area to check out. Now, most groups like yours are always on the lookout for new members, Definitely. We welcome anyone who comes. We welcome men also. We've, <laughs> we have occasionally had men come and they see all a bunch of women and they go, oh, I don't want to be part of this club. But 
anyone who has an interest is welcome to come and, and visit and join us if they'd like. There are so many people who come here from, like you came from Texas or the Midwest or North Carolina, or and they and they get discouraged and say, "I at home I could put a seed in the ground and it would grow." And what happened here? So we we have a lot of of sharing of information among the new and older members too. And I would just like to add one thing to that, and I think you alluded to it a little earlier when you were talking about why you joined the club. The club is a great place if you want to volunteer time to help beautify our community, but it's also a great place to meet other people who share your interests in gardening. And it's a place where I have found friends. And as a new person to the community, it can often be a little intimidating about how do I meet people? What should I do? And I found that if I can volunteer with an organization that promotes some things that I'm interested in, like gardening, then I meet people with similar interests. As we run out of time, any final thoughts? One final thought that, of course, is dear to a treasurer's job is that we raise all our funds. So every penny that we spend on mulch or plants or any activity around our gardens, and we have 13 different projects in town that we take care of, represents funds that we've raised. So if anybody is looking for a nonprofit to contribute to during this time of the Spirit Campaign, I would urge you to take a look at the Garden Club. Susan, final thoughts? I would like to thank previous donors. We get support from the, both towns and the county and the commissioners, but we welcome any monies that anyone would be willing to share with the Spirit Campaign. The Garden Club is a big part of this community, and we, our goal is to make it beautiful for the members of the community and as well as the tourists who come through. And we have had many, many, many compliments on how nicely we've done for the for the planters especially i think people notice them more than the barrels and this year particularly was very spectacular the weather cooperated for once and things were just growing beautifully and remind me one more time about the monthly meetings when when are they they are the third thursday of the month at 12.30 at St. Luke's Episcopal Church at 3rd and Rosita. Uh, meet and greet is at 12.30. The business meeting usually starts at 1 o'clock, and the program will be after the meeting. And let me remind folks that the High Altitude Garden Club is part of the Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation Spirit Campaign. As we air this, we are still within that window. It goes through the end of the year. Under full disclosure, I am on the board of Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation. Susan and Renee, thanks for stopping by. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to speak. We have been talking about the High Altitude Garden Club with Susan Raymer, secretary of that group, and Renee Tobin, the treasurer. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m., and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm 
walking on a 